hello and welcome to the Saturday Down South podcast. He is Chris Marler. I am Aaron Kara. Marler, I come here with a heavy heart because I have some sad news to report. Daisy May, our beloved horse, Daisy May, the beloved horse of Devin White, is dead. She is no longer with us. I hate to open with a bummer because we were so yeah, positive. Bring the people, mood down. I feel like I would have been burying the lead to say anything other than Daisy May is dead to start the top of this podcast. You're in mourning, I'm in mourning. This is a tough well, moment I mean, for all of us. You're in mourning. I, I don't I'm not a horse guy, but that is sad. That sucks. The the Facebook post that Devin White posted was like it was gut wrenching. Was really it really? Was. I saw all the pics and stuff. I was like, Oh my gosh. Like think about it, man. Like that that was his, yeah, it's his, his pet. friend Joy's pet. So very, very sad to see. But on a different note, on a different LSU note, we've got a lot to get to today. I promise we have a, a ton to get to. We're going to talk about injured puppies. Teams. We're not talking injured puppies today. Okay. We'll save that for next time. Um, all SEC teams are out. We are big mad about them. At least some of the selections were a little bit questionable. Not that mad, though, all things considered. We have some lines that we're going to talk about. Uncle Chris is going to make an appearance. He's very excited. I can tell. Uh, we're going to talk some rivalry games, some SEC games. We have an interview with none other than Nick Saban's daughter. How uh, in the world did yeah, that happen? This is, I mean, I, I peaked. This is, this is, she's a big fan is of it? our Instagram and our hashtags, uh, as she should be. Like, you know, I don't want to brag on myself, but I just posted the thing about the LSU locker room and said, with those sleeping pods, called it hashtag Ed Bath and Beyond. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I that's know. Good. I know. So she, uh, she's a big fan of that. Speaking of those locker rooms, oh my goodness, sleeping pods apparently are all the rage these days. LSU's locker room, if you have not seen it yet, basically just picture a first class section of an airplane um, on an international flight and combine it with the most up-to-date locker room and that's basically what inside it is. of a cosmic bowling alley that is that place is incredible i don't understand necessarily like who said you know what we really need are these pods but at the same time not Genius. to go dan wolken not to go dan wolken yeah. because he did make a certain comment on twitter and then proceeded to get dunked on by andy staples by people that actually played sports and have been in locker rooms the replies for that were yeah. pretty good they're pretty good but I do give LSU credit because there is now more incentive than ever to just never leave the locker room. If you can literally sleep there, what else do you need? So, and I think like the way that was twisted from Wolken specifically was, you know, like they want these guys to be there constantly, nonstop. This is their only focus. I'd say what it really does create is a sense of like community and like family and and like brotherhood when you're constantly around each other. Like when I played baseball, we had a a terrible locker room. It was like old kind of gross. I mean, it was, it was a D2 school in Milledgeville. We didn't have a lot of funding until after I left. We um, didn't have LSU funding. No, we did not. surprising. Uh, but, like, we had a ping pong table. And we would go up there, like, you know, on weeknights or, like, well after practice and just play ping pong. And, like, and it was fun to be around each other. Like, this thing is cool. And, and what's what's funny about it is I remember when Bama did their their locker room, like, less than five years ago, they had a giant waterfall. And it was like, whoa, this is incredible. They got a waterfall. Like, LSU dunked all over that that locker room because this is actually useful stuff and it's, it's cool it's yeah it's exciting it's, it looks awesome one i mean that's a lot of purple but still um but yeah i mean you look at what they were able to do with it and it's cool that tyron matthews is the one that donated it uh side note i wish i would have loved to be in the room when it was either explained by or to coach o <laughs> and, i mean can you imagine oh, you're about it. you got it. it's a it's a basically a bed coach well, I need a bit. 
But I mean, it no, it looks it looks really really cool. I think it's it's going to be something that's going to be a, obviously a great tool for recruiting. It looks good. Speaking of that, did you notice they did like these you know the the mock up pictures and stuff like of, of all that? And did you notice they took a picture of Derek Stingley's locker? That's not a coincidence. Just throwing that out there. Like they they focus in on one specific oh, yeah. locker, and it was Derek Stingley, who's you know of course the highest rated recruit that they had in the 2019 class. Right, a guy that you know we think is going to be an All American in the next two years at LSU. That's just throwing that How out there. How much money so. is is Tyron Matthew making? He got that second paycheck. That's the big thing. Man, I would love to know the like. It, that's not like a Chip and Joe thing where it's like we're going to make over your locker room, <laughs> Coach. <laughs> it's like, I actually like had the patience today to. Listens to what the architects said about the locker room. Which they is just, you know, I don't understand square foot math, so. No, they didn't go into detail about that. They're like, yeah, we're just like laying out this concept of like really like this all inclusive type thing. And then we're like, how could we upgrade this? How could we elevate this and do this? And I'm like, y'all are just like, we need a way to put some beds in these locker rooms and yeah. let's get it done. <laughs> I mean, it's a brilliant idea and it's nothing, it's something that no one else has. I tell you one thing, the old man in me thought about when when I was looking at it was they had those iPod stations at each and every pod. Smart, smart. Yeah, it is. And but like at the same time, like if I was actually trying to focus, I can imagine how grumpy and pissed off I would be because it's gonna be the loudest locker room ever. Just everyone playing stuff like, you know, out loud, I'm assuming like on their on their iPads. That's just that's my own complaint. The next innovation will be to get like a bubble, a soundproof bubble yeah. that they can put over over these these pods to be able to block out all the noise. Vandy's getting race that, car beds. Oh, are they really? I'm thinking, I don't know, probably. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd definitely go to Vandy for that. So all SEC teams are out. We didn't get a chance to react to this because they come out on Friday, right, right after SEC media days, Friday news dump. Not really because they come out in the morning, but... There were some, some some things that I think we disagreed on. Did and you vote? I, that's what I was just going to ask you about. So we got so busy at SEC Media Days that we beefed up. We did not vote. I voted. Oh, you did vote. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll, me. I'll be, if we're going to be 100% honest, and I'm not going to look as bad as you since you didn't vote at all. Um, <laughs> do you have any idea how many SEC former SEC players have died for the right for us to vote in this Media Days thing? And I just took advantage of that completely. Um, I voted... And I had an idea already of who I was going to vote for because remember last year you did this at the beginning of the week, so I had like already you know researched out who, who I was oh, going right. to yeah. pick. And like, because at that point it shouldn't change your mind just when you're there. But I definitely did submit my ballot uh, after the night of White Claws and karaoke. So, Ooh, now, so it was an inebriated. How many Bama players were on that ballot? No, I, I, not not I, what the way this is laid out. This is not my fault. I'll tell you that much. Like, I, like it, I will say, and we're gonna get to it in a, in a second. But like, it's very evident, and obvious, more than ever. Like, the, there's so many local Bama reporters and media members and stuff like that are like, that's they're they're located in the state of Alabama. It is. I mean, you started the Cash Daniels questions. Like, what do you think about Alabama losing to Clemson? Like, I don't know. I don't. I play for Kentucky. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's but it's obviously last year. very very skewed towards Bama. Yeah, so the Bama, and not to just pile on Bama, because as easy as that is for me to do with you. To just for real. I'm not, I'm not just doing that, I promise. But the first one that I noticed, and I like this guy. I like Henry Ruggs. I think he's a great player. I think he's an all-SEC caliber receiver. Having him on first team, eh, I'm not willing to go there. Jerry Judy is an easy number one receiver in the SEC, but there are a lot of different guys who I think, I think you would agree we would rather have in that first team slot. Yeah, uh, Kalijah Lipscomb, 
That's that's one of them. I mean, Justin Jefferson. These are Brian Edwards. These are all people. Jared Pinkney, Lynn Bowden Jr. All of these people had. Oh, hold on, I'm wrong. Let me start over. I know. I'm I'm just saying these are all people had had more yards receiving than Henry Ruggs. Mm -hmm. That's Um, and I know that's not like you know the only measure in this. Like he did have 11 touchdowns, but like. Yeah, I was shocked. I mean, I had Kalijah and and Judy as my top two. I don't know when the last time two receivers from Alabama, yeah, two receivers from the same team got first team nods. That'd be pretty impressive to do that. Yeah, Um, but yeah, I I would have liked in the nineties. Probably, yeah, that's probably the best bet. Yeah, like some Ike Hilliard or something like that. Yeah, and our guy Chris Doring, of course. I'm sure. I don't know if he's Uh, first team lock. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I would have rather had Justin Jefferson, Kalaja Limscom. They they would make more sense. How about a different receiver? Your guy, Lynn Bowden, only a third team specialist. What's okay. up with that? Okay, so here's the thing that made me. And I was talking about this with our graphic designer about about how dumb they set this whole thing up. Is you have a RS, it's return, return specialist. specialist instead of KR kick returner or whatever. So you have a punter. You have a return specialist, and then you have an all-purpose player. Now, simple, just common sense would say, you know what? If by some reason, since we've already laid this out not in the most efficient way, if the same person uh, is voted for for each slot, which is a made-up slot anyway, maybe we just default to the next person. But instead, they actually posted the return specialist first team was Jalen Waddle, and the kick ret- or I guess the all-purpose uh, first team all-purpose player was also Jalen Waddle. He's a man of many talents. Lynn Bowden, he got he got hosed. He did, he did. I, I wonder what the person who held up the Lynn Bowden for Heisman sign was thinking about that at SEC Media Days. Did you see that guy? He yeah. was out there. He was. Um, yeah. Okay, so here's the question. You, for as you explained the other day, I think you explained it on the pod, you and Lynn Bowden, you talked about tattoos, and you said that you might get a tattoo with him. If yeah. he gets first team all SEC, explain the tattoo that you would have Oh, to he's going to get number one on his neck. Which so, you would do as well. Yeah, to set the scene, it's I've, I was asking questions, but only because no one else is around, and I felt confident that I could just ask a question without stuttering in front of my peers. Atta boy. Yeah. So I mean, he was he was really cool though, and he set the set some goals that are really high for himself, and I, I think he's really good. But like return specialist, yeah, I could see Waddle being that guy. But like, how do you not put Bowden? He's third team. Yeah, and third team just like I think he's the very last name because return specialist is is like at the very bottom it like is. that, and that's just. That's out of pure coincidence. But it, it was a bad look, I think, in my opinion, to have him as the very last guy. Yeah. Like, all right. 40% of his punt returns went for touchdowns. Two out of five. Two of five. Two of five. <laughs> Boom. Saw one of them last year against Penn State. It was pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Um, okay, this is the one that I probably had the biggest gripe with. Najee Harris gets the oh first my God. team nod over Keyshawn Vaughn. No longer Red Mamba. He's Sneak Vaughn. But here's the thing. I, I've written about why I think Najee Harris is in for a big year. I get all that. And if you want to like make a make a prediction and say he's going to be a first team guy, I guess I'm okay with that too. But with, when you're talking about like the preseason stuff, I think that the 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 year before should have a bigger impact on where we put these guys because Keyshawn Vaughn already had that that big time year that we're waiting to see out of Najee Harris, and he had over 1,200 behind Vanderbilt's yards. offensive line. Exactly. I mean, I, I I don't really get that, and I like I I've I've been sipping a lot of the Keyshawn Vaughn Kool Aid because you know I wrote about him this morning. And I, as somebody who like spent a little bit of time with him the other day, you know, I, I'm more of a believer than ever. I'm not going to necessarily go Kalaja Lipscomb and say he's the number one back in the nation, but at the same time, like, 
Dude you, had more home run plays than anybody in the SEC. Only five power five backs returning this year had more rushing yards than he did last year. I just think that he is a guy that's getting overlooked incredibly. And most importantly, I've said this since last year. Because Did we argue about this in our top 25 at the end of last season? Did you have Menyers? So, because he led, he led all SEC running backs last year in yards per carry in SEC games, which th- that for me is a big deal because it's it's your that's when you're judging yourself against your peers against the same talent, right? And it's six point nine two or something like that yards per carry. That's incredible. I mean, he had he only averaged thirteen carries a game in that offense and and put up ridiculous numbers. He had an average over hundred and three yards a game. He's in for a huge year, absolutely huge. Well, year. I mean, I would hope so. You never know with like Vanderbilt's line, but he's he's he was deserving for at least a preseason nod. I will say Najee has all the tools to be great. If if I they agree. just and and I don't, I'm still confused as to in the national championship game while they went away from handing him the ball while it was still close. I agree, and he was very vocal about that. He's saying, you know, I'm, I'm not really satisfied with my role. Like, I, and I, yeah. I don't blame him. I mean, this is a guy who's probably distraction in the country. He was distracted by the lack of carries in this game. Um, Another guy that I I thought should have been a first-teamer, Drake Drake Jackson, rather, the Kentucky center, who um, I put in my top 25 players uh, to start the year from the SEC. Uh, he's started 20 straight games blocking for Benny Snell. Like Benny Snell isn't, I, I understand like he's, he's fantastic. He's great. But a lot of that has to do with Drake Jackson. And this is the ultimate kind of like deal breaker for me as to how I evaluate offensive line talent. Mm-hmm. I just based it on whatever Cole Kubelik tells me to. Always. And Cole Kubelik said that he was the, the best center in the SEC. So you know what? I think that means something. Phil Steele also said the same exact thing. I Like I don't, I really think that I used to think it was stupid. Like it's like, oh, people are just complaining that you know the media always gets it wrong, and they usually do with the the, the conference champion. But like you could tell, it's it was definitely if they didn't know who they were going to vote for, it, the default Bama, move was Bama, Georgia, or whoever you saw in person there. Probably, yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. And also, did you notice that there was no guards on the first team? Ooh, shout I'm out to sure. all your guards. We love you. Yeah, it's very weird. media might not. The rest of the media might not, but we definitely do. Um, another one I had on here, uh, Christian Fulton should have been a first teamer over, I hate to go back to Bama, but should have been a first teamer over Trayvon Diggs. I think, um, it just, yeah, Christian from Fulton's a production kind of standpoint. Guy. Yeah. Fulton was the forgotten guy in that secondary while everybody was avoiding greedy Williams. They were throwing at Christian Fulton. Yeah. Uh, Pro football focus had the number about Fulton only allowing six first downs in coverage all of last year. I mean, he was lights out and yeah. his decision to come back this year is huge. He and Stingley, in my opinion, are the best combination of, of cornerbacks in the country already. And I realize Stingley's a true freshman, but I think Fulton is that good. He is a true lockdown number one guy. So, so hold on a second. One thing, if you want to talk about, like, there's no better example of the Bama bias from this than the offensive line with Matt Womack being third team preseason All-SEC. He might not even start for Bama. Jeez. There's, there's a true, like, hey, if we don't know what to do here, let's just throw a Bama guy in there. I mean, yeah. that's just kind of the way that this and works. And Georgia but. has the best offensive line in the country, and I feel like, you know, it, it was odd to me they didn't have more uh, representatives. But anyway. A couple quick ones to, to end on here. Uh, I would have had, while I've said a lot of, like, Bama got too much love, I actually think Xavier McKinney should have been a first-team guy over J.R. Reed. I like J.R. Reed. 
but would not necessarily give him that love. Just don't think that the numbers are necessarily quite at that level. And I think McKinney, I, he's, I'm not saying he's Grant Delpit, not saying he's on that level right. yet, but I think he was kind of Bama's version of that or whatever was, was close to, to being this kind of all-encompassing guy who could blow up plays in the backfield, could make plays in coverage, interceptions, yeah. do all those things. And I think that he is a guy that at, by the end of the year, we're going to be talking about him maybe with some All-America love as well. Yeah, and I, I will say um, my last gripe for this was, you look at the linebackers, like, Errol Thompson, I'm not trying to take anything away from these guys, but the fact that Dejon Harris, like, this, I'm not trying to, like, dismiss the importance of this or say it's, it is important, I guess, because it's just preseason picks. But, like, I feel like the, the main point of it is it's people that, not who you think is going to have a big year, it's usually voted on, like, who deserves it. Like, what are the recognizable names or whatever. That's right. usually how people vote. And I was offended grossly by Dejon Harris not being first-team preseason All-SEC. Because your boy, this is a, I mean, well, this is this is simple. Like this is a kid that is the returning leading tackler in the conference. He's had over a hundred and thirteen tackles in each of the past two seasons. Like, how do you not see that? I don't understand how you. I don't get that part at all. Not not saying I necessarily agree with that one hundred percent, but I think people look at the fact that Arkansas has struggled so much from a defensive standpoint, yeah. and they think he said that, that he too. Is just, yeah, I mean, he's, he's been willing to admit that. So people tend to give the, the better team a little bit of a nod. And Errol Thompson comes from a defense that obviously was lights out last year. He is the leader of that group this year, no questions asked. He's awesome in coverage, too. Yeah. That guy is, is is truly special in the passing game. He's going to be fun to watch. But yeah, I understand not taking anything, Yeah, not, not as much taking anything away from him. But it was just odd, like, Cash Daniel third. Yeah, Cash that was Daniel, surprising to me. First, first team All-American. I don't know about that. that. That's a lot. Yeah, but. no. Uh, I would have probably had Kylan Hill on there, but I understand that he he you know with the year that he had last year kind of banged up. He didn't necessarily put up those kind of numbers. How about Joe Burrow getting? I was gonna say love? that was interesting. I realized today that was probably the most telling or or interesting position to vote on is who's going to be the third team uh, preseason quarterback because you know one and two or two and Jake Fromm. Exactly, and everybody has been talking about this, and Barrett Slee has basically just been copying my opinion that quarterbacks three through seven in the SEC are very, very much up for grabs. I would have, you know, I, I gave Kellen Mond the nod, but I have Joe Burrow like right behind him, and I don't necessarily have a problem with this. And, you know, I was talking to Jacob Hester about this. I think that this might be the, the best that LSU has felt about a quarterback since yeah. Marcus Russell when he was a second teamer coming into the 2006 season. And this is just a, a good sign, in my opinion, for an yeah. LSU offense. And Joe, I mean, Burrow out. actually understands portion control, which is good. That's a very um, good thing. Need to be able to understand that. He said that, you know, Louisiana food, a little bit yeah. better than Ohio food. He can admit that. My last my last hot take, and you talk about the safety thing. I said this to somebody the other day, and I, and I firmly believe it. I don't, I'll say I'm, if I'm wrong later, but I didn't put J.R. Reed first team. My two safeties were uh, Grant Delpit and Richard LeCount. Oh, Richard I think, LeCount. I think so that kid's going to be a stud. Best safety, you don't think he's the best safety on his own team is what you're saying? I don't, no. He's really good, but I think LeCount is going to be a stud. Yeah, I, I I would I wouldn't disagree with you on that. All SEC teams will will probably do we'll do like some mid season all SEC team stuff probably. Um, that'll probably come out like mid mid to late October or something. But it'll be interesting to see. We should definitely save this. I think we need we need to like circle back to some of these things a little bit more. Um, yeah, you can you can listen to all the pods. No, I mean like just the just the voting in itself, not yeah. as much like our takes on it because don't don't hold our takes against us. That's not why we do this. Oh, of course geez. not. Uncle Chris, let's talk about some some lines here. So, I am. Um, I've been trying to look at some of the early betting odds because, like, they, they've had these out for a while, and it's exciting because anytime you can like start 
talking and thinking about football. Um, now, again, this is not necessarily saying how much better these teams are than their opponents. This is just where Vegas has set the line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's I think we've, we've seen like Clemson, Bama, Georgia, I want to say Oklahoma. Maybe there's one more that they're all going to be favored in every game they play. Right. Which I think is like really interesting. Um, what I will say is some of these rivalry game lines, they're not super exciting or enticing because like a lot of them are pretty big. Like you have Bama Auburn at 14, uh, UGA and Georgia Tech. This is, so these are just the rivalry week games. Um, 20 and a half point favorite over Georgia Tech. A&M is a seven and a half point. I think I have, I have this wrong. They're a seven and a half yeah, point underdog to LSU. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Florida is a 14 point favorite against Florida State. I'm sorry, against Florida State. And then Ole, I said, Mississippi State is a 14 point favorite against Ole Miss. And as we've said before, Clemson's a 23 and a half point favorite over South Carolina. That's not nothing really jumps out to me there. But some of the other notable SEC games is is where I thought there was a lot of a lot of interesting lines. So I want to go through these and then also ask you, like, rate these on a scale of one to ten, like how you feel confident in betting. One to ten, holy one, cow! One to three. How about that? One to three. Yeah, one to five. Come on, man. Um, Let's make this easier. On me. Or, or you just you know you can you can it doesn't have to be for every single game, but like what rivalry game or SEC game? Because the cross divisional ones especially are very interesting. Uh, which ones are you most intrigued by or most confident in? Okay, so some of this I'm basing on, I've done um, crystal balls for each SEC team. So I've gone through the entire SEC schedule this year. I mean, that includes non-conference games, obviously, yeah. and stuff. And I've, I've picked these games. Those stories will be, I've had like three or four shameless plugs already with this podcast, and I feel bad about that. But those stories will be coming out in August. I think like second week of August is the plan for them, maybe. So this is a lot of this is based on that. So I have actually like thought about some of these yeah. because I've had to look down the road. Well, did you see my predictions that I went above and beyond in our our SDS staff preseason ballots, and I decided to include not just who I, like the order one through seven, but like their record. That was a mistake because apparently that's... I messed up and did it like the wrong total amount. Somebody pointed out on the internet. Jeez, that's kind of a harder move. <laughs> Didn't, didn't work out for you. No. Um, the, okay, so the ones the ones that I look at that jump out to me uh, immediately, I know I've talked a lot about Mississippi State, and I'm a Joe Moorhead believer, but if I'm getting 14 points for Ole Miss, that's interesting yeah. just because I think the Egg Bowl has potential to be one of those, like, you know what, if we're playing for Matt Luke's job or it's something like that, you could get a different Ole Miss team, and this is a, a group that right now is super inexperienced with a ton of questions but if I'm trying to project how they're going to be at season's end, that's that's a different discussion now. And especially if there is a postseason bowl to play for. And I don't know necessarily if Mississippi State is sitting there at like eight wins or something like that. They won't be. Ole Miss might have more to play for. I, I think that that could be that that one jumps out to me immediately. When so you I would bet you would bet in favor of Ole Miss. And that I bet in favor okay. of Ole Miss. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, the one that surprised me with Mississippi State was Bama. Bama's only a twenty point favorite against Mississippi State. Only. Well, they were like a, a twenty three point favorite against them last year. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I think that part of that is based on the belief that year two improvement with Moorhead's offense is, is I, I think it's because they think it's a trap game after the LSU game, Connor. Yeah, I think it can be a little <laughs> something to do with that. Um, okay, so the other the other game that I looked at, and Georgia fans aren't going to like this, it, Auburn getting seven and a half points hosting Georgia is super interesting. Yeah. At Jordan Hare, seven and a half is an interesting line. I would keep a very, very close eye on that because over seven, you're talking about Georgia really, really coming into that kind of environment and having a convincing win. 
I would jump all over that if if I'm if I'm any sort of believer in Auburn. That that's a game that I look at and I'm, I I smell upset not just because of what happened in 2017, right? But because Georgia just always has that. They, they even with as good as Kirby's been, they've always had that one game a year where they go into a really tough atmosphere and they just have that dud and it kind of turns them around. That could be that game this year. Okay, so. This one didn't really catch my eye until Auburn spoke at media days because I got the feeling that like, they are going to be a lot better than people are giving credit for, even with that schedule. Now, their schedule is very difficult to manage, but I'm going to agree with you on this. Not necessarily, I'm not 100% sold they would cover, but like with, for none of the points that you just brought up, I will still agree with you because <laughs> they, Auburn, Auburn going into this game, this is going to be, I feel like, a, a feeling of like fighting for Gus Malzahn's job for most of the, of the year. And... Florida, or I'm sorry, Georgia's Georgia's schedule before the Auburn game: Florida, Missouri, at Auburn, and then A and M the next week. It's brutal. Auburn schedule: Ole Miss, bye week, Georgia. I, I I'm saying, yeah. I'm throwing this out there, to heads up, I because I, I think I still think Georgia, and you know, my we'll come out with our officially our, our media predictions yeah. that we we did for. Um, SEC championship, all that stuff, but I, I do think that Georgia is plenty capable of of slipping up in a game like this, where you just look at the the matchup between Auburn's defensive line against Georgia's offensive line might be the matchup of the year yeah. in the SEC. Maybe with the exception of that LSU secondary against Bama's receivers, I think those two right. right there would be the best individual matchups. And if you can actually stack up to that Georgia offensive line, which, as Dylan Moses said, is actually able to kind of move right. people like three yards off the line of scrimmage, which is super rare. I think that that's a game that's that's super intriguing. I mean, and what's surprising to me is this: and like, I've I've been higher on Georgia. I mean, I've been guilty about this about being high on Georgia as well. But I wonder if we're being a little bit too high on Georgia because the way Vegas has set these lines is it's telling us something, and it's odd to me that they are a three and a half point favorite against Florida. And I still would put every amount of money that I have or my fiance has, like I said, there you go on that on that bet. I think they will cover that. But when you look at stuff like Vandy, and they're only a 20-point favorite against Vandy in the first game of the year, and they're a 20.5-point favorite against Tech, who is going to be in like probably the worst growing pains out of any program in the country, that's odd to me that they're not favored by more. Yeah, that is that is an interesting interesting call. Um, not in the SEC, but a non-conference game. Clemson is giving 23-and-a-half at South Carolina. I'm not bad. Now, it won't be, Columbia won't be the hottest place on earth no. for that game this year. But at the same time, and maybe too much of what happened last year is factoring into the way that I'm thinking about that. But considering what what South Carolina has to go through, how daunting that schedule is, they're not going to be scared of Clemson. I definitely don't think that. And the little brother comment that, right. of course, Will Muschamp shot down as only he could. I, I, I would be... I'd be surprised if that game was that lopsided. If it was twenty-eight, you know, thirty-five. If Clemson was able to do that on the road uh, at South Carolina, I just think that that team's going to be playing for a little bit more, and I think they're going to want to try and as much as possible to avoid this narrative of the little brother stuff and, yeah. and all that. I will say I don't disagree with that at all. And they, you're right; they did put up a, a lot of a lot of points. But like, I, I fell into the trap being like, all right, well, hold on. Like Jake Bentley put up five hundred and ten yards passing against him. Like, what's Tua going to do? They still lost that game by 21 points. Yeah, I know. So that kind of that would concern me, and and also Clemson has a bye week. Um, honestly, for most of the entire year, but also right before <laughs> that that actual game, I'd say the one the one that would like I, I would put any amount of money on it to say like not only on where the line's at now, but also the one that's going to move the most throughout the season. Bama is a 16 point favorite against LSU, and 
I, I just I get the feeling that LSU is going to be really really good this year, and they don't. I know it's preseason, but like that game, I understand that the, the whole narrative about how you know LSU hasn't scored a point in against Bama in like the last two years at home or whatever it is, like since like 2014 in Death Valley. The game's in Tuscaloosa, but like a lot of those points aren't that. I don't think they're going to matter this year. You know what I mean? Isn't isn't Bama's margin of victory greater at Tiger Stadium than it is in Tuscaloosa? Yeah, they've lost five games there since 1953. Right. Like so. Yeah. To me, I would actually tend to think. I'm not saying LSU is going to beat Bama, but right. I, I think that game could actually stay relatively close. And, I, and people are going to say, "Well, you know, you win 29 nothing last year in Tuscaloosa, sure. or, um, in Baton Rouge. In Baton Rouge. How, how could that game? How could that game flip so quickly?" I don't know. I just kind of tend to think that the LSU offense has a, has a better chance of scoring points this year. When yeah. has that ever been said coming into a season, right? I agree. And, and also that, that secondary is going to be a little bit more prepared. And, they're, and they've gotten better on the D-line, too. Yeah, I agree with uh, Rashard Lawrence. He's a guy that we haven't really talked about a ton preseason. And it seems like we, we talk about him a lot every year, but this year he's like not I mean, getting quite as much buzz. If he don't do the haka dance, I don't really care. <laughs> Let's. Uh, are there any game, other games that you want to that that, that kind of jumped out to you that you want to hit on, or do you want to just keep all your Auburn, your Florida? We'll, we'll get more into it as the season gets near. But the Florida lines are very interesting because, like you know, Florida, Tennessee, they're a, Florida's a fourteen point favorite. Uh, Florida, LSU, that line's come down from four and a half in favor of LSU to two and a half, which I thought was interesting. Ooh. So I think Vegas is trying to tell us Florida's going to be a lot better than Uncle Chris has given them credit for. Uh, and then the last one, Auburn at A and M's. A and M's a three and a half point favorite. I think that'll be. Th- those two teams are are the two I think that have the most to gain or lose from from that game. I like Auburn. I like Auburn to to win that game outright. I'll say that now. There you go. Throw that out there. All right, let's kick it to an interview that was very very atypical. Why don't you give give people a little bit of a, of an idea of what what to expect because it was definitely not a, a typical interview. Anything like we we've, we've probably done in the past. Well, Connor left me unsupervised last Wednesday <laughs> in, in media days, and I did a full on interview that I hosted um, with my by myself, which was. <laughs> Like, like when we first started, I was almost like waiting on like the intro for you to start. I was like, so, um, but no, we, we, we interviewed, uh, a, a very good friend of mine from the internet, Nick Saban's daughter, Kristen Saban. That was the day that I couldn't get my question off to, to save at the press conference. So this was, I mean, honestly, uh, an even better plan B. We talked mainly about the bachelorette, but also about some other stuff. She gave me some wedding planning advice. Uh, we talked about some of her favorites. Um, stories from uh, being around the program, being around Saban, like like what's it like to know him like outside of the, like off the football field, and she even gave a prediction uh, on an over under on how many years until he retires. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. Very I'm surprised you got that. Okay. Um, how long until Saban like deletes us from I don't know the Earth after this is released? You know, I thought this would be one of those things where we're building bridges closer to him, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Now, I think more likely is like Saban is setting a bomb to whatever bridge he thinks is being built between us and his family. I mean, that's, that's I, I'm I'm working, you know, like <laughs> this is I'm excited either way. She's she's awesome. I honestly had a blast talking with her, and she had like a lot of like like the same hot takes about like about the Bachelorette, which was a lot of fun. There we go. Um, but also, uh, you know, like I, I would rather you know just I don't know if I want to be friends with Coach Saban. I'd rather be friends with her and Miss Terry. Just sounds back to where my way like to a lot more with him later. There you go. You get to you get to eat a lot more little debbies too. You won't have to worry about them getting taken. All right, so let's kick it to our interview with Kristen Saban. Guys, we have a very special guest. Uh, pretty proud of this. 
This sounds awkward, but we're internet friends. It is none other than Kristen Saban. How are you today? <laughs> Good, how are you? Thanks for having me. Of course. We, um, I mean, for those that don't know, obviously Saban, pretty, uh, pretty important last name. Very good family ties there. <laughs> in the south, um, in the south, it might be a little bit. <laughs> I would argue the whole country, but that's fine. I mean, very humble, very humble. So I try to stay humble. Just, yeah, I like that. Um, we just got done with day three of media days. I, as you and I have already discussed, I came up short, was not able to ask your dad about his thoughts on the Game of Thrones finale. We'll get to that later. The main thing we really want to talk about, I know this is a football podcast, and we're going to talk a little bit of football, but more importantly, it's the offseason. So The Bachelorette has consumed my life. Same, same. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's, it's probably a little bit, makes more sense for you. I, I, I'm a little bit embarrassed, <laughs> but like, I'm just fully, I'm fully in. I'm all in here. Um, I, I told somebody today, I think that Luke P going home on Monday was like my Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, look, like, I'm so, I, I'll watch the other seasons, but I'm so invested, I think, this time because Hannah is a Bama girl and she's from Tuscaloosa. I feel like I have to, like, protect her. I feel like she's one of my own. I mean, I've never met her, but I feel like we'd be friends. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the fact that she's kept him this long, I'm like, I really want to be like, girl, what are you doing? Yeah, you know, I mean, like, that. first off, I was so excited that she was going to send her home because he's from Georgia and I just wanted to put out on Twitter, like, yeah. you know, somebody yeah. else from Georgia getting sent home before they win. Just a little shade thrown at Georgia fans. But <laughs> exactly. I like I got kind of like frustrated the fact she was a Bama fan because like you're you're making us all look bad. Send this dude home. Um and then the whole right. windmill thing happened. Let's just get into it. <laughs> okay. What were your thoughts about Monday? I mean, I kind of have accidentally stumbled upon spoilers here and there, but oh I tried God. not to read I know. I hated it. I accidentally followed like this account on Instagram and I didn't see in their bio, like we post spoilers. So I kind of read a little bit into it. I was like, okay, well I'm just going to let the rest play out and just watch. So I'll stop reading everything. But I mean, obviously we knew that Luke was going to be going home from all of like the previews that were coming up and everything was kind of building, but I really didn't expect, like I was not ready for how she sent him home. I mean, it was mind blowing really. I just love the fact that we're just breaking this down like we do game tape on like other <laughs> episodes of this podcast. Uh, no, right. I mean, you're, you're, I, I agree with you, but at the same time, one, I'm going to admit something here. I read the spoilers too. I mean, so you know who she picked. I mean, we won't, we won't say yes, it out loud, I'm, but I know who she picked. But so I had like a, well, we can't say it out loud. We can't say it out loud yet because we don't know where right, we're going right. to release this. We don't want to ruin yeah. every. I mean, like we can release it just to like our Auburn fans and like ruin their Monday. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I was like, so my fiance had a, a, a pretty bold take, and she was saying that she thought Luke P ultimately won because there's no other reason they would show somebody that has like that little charisma and is that miserable to watch that much on the show. Right. I mean, Luke P. I, I just I've, I don't think I've ever met anyone like him, and I really hope not to either. She kind of scares yeah, me. Yeah. Avoid avoid Gainesville, Georgia, wherever he's from. That's, oh, now, let me, let me tell That's, you, when, when I make the drive from Birmingham to our lake house on Lake Burton, Georgia, I always pass through Gainesville, and I've never thought of anything. Up until last week when I drove up to go visit my mom and my dad, I passed through Gainesville, and I kind of got, like, scared. I was like, am I going to see him on the road? Or, like, what's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> like, you just, like, stop for directions, and he just tells you his whole life story? 
Right, yeah, he's going to be like, hey, look, I found God in the shower and I want to talk to you about it, and now I'm scared of him. I was just about to say, you're lost? Let me tell you about how I found God in the shower. You know, there's so many places he could have just pretended that he found God. We don't want to get right. into any, like, religious part of it. I don't know why he right, right. chose to do so that much on the show. but Because at first he was just like, like, he seems like a like a typical bro that did, like, CrossFit. Because he said, I do CrossFit. And then was, like, yeah. bragging about how he played high school football. And right. it just kept getting worse and worse. He's like, by the way, I had sex in college. Okay, Luke. Yes. Good We're for like, you, wow, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really impressed. He- yeah, I actually liked him at first. I was like, okay, like, he's, like, kind of a good dude. Like, he obviously, like, played himself out to be, he was, like, this douchebag in college and in high school. And then he's like, but then I found God and, like, I've changed my life. So I was like, okay, that's respectable. But now it's just like, um, I, I'm like, I, I don't, now I think it's like an act. I don't know. You know what was funny was that, like, he actually, he, like, weeks at a time, like, week after week after week, he did nothing. Like, there was no positive momentum in his corner at all. Which, like, you would think, for a show that lasts three total weeks in real life, that would probably not be a very efficient way to play the game. So, somehow he sticks around. And then he finally gets, like, I thought, like, definitely should have been sent home after, after, uh, God, I'm fired up now. He should have been sent home (laughs) after, what do you call it, Um, homecomings. And wasn't. absolutely. And then somehow got back under good graces and just ran it right back into the ground. His whole family, his entire family was even like, how is he, like, how did he get this far? And she, she even said, I have no idea. And I was like, well, then yeah. send him home. He was just dogging, her, dogging him out in front of his grandma. That was incredible. Yeah. I mean, like, and then, and then the whole, like, he brings her to his church group. And I was like, these people are terrified of this guy. Like, are, they're either being threatened to say good things about him or they're just so scared. I mean, they all look terrified. <laughs> Yes. When I first met Luke, somebody told me he was really nice, and then I saw someone smiling, and I was like, that, that must be him. It's like, looks down at a cue card. Sounds great. Right? And Luke's like in the corner being like, <laughs> there's a meme going around of like Michael Scott from the office, and he's like covering his face like, I'll kill you if you don't say what I told you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Learning of an office reference this is good. Yeah. Well, I mean, but so the weird thing, too, is like, you go to the homecoming, and you, I kind of expect him to do something stupid like that, like... Look, no, let me go yeah. above me and show you the real me that's not the real me, but I'm going to pretend it's the real me. And everyone else right. was like, like Tyler was like, I live in Florida. Here's a lake. Here's my house. Just normal things. And he was like, you know what? Let's go to this cabin in the woods, but only only shoot from inside the cabin. Yeah. I, I, it kind of scared me. And, like, the internet, of course, blew up about it. I'm like, this looks like a cult house, like where a cult meets. And yeah, I, I think everyone there was pretty scared. <laughs> I don't think we have any Luke P fans that really listen to the show, so I don't think anyone's gonna be offended. Or if there's like a fan of Colts in general. I don't know who would even be a Luke of him, like a fan of him. Like I don't know how he would have. His brother was like a big, a big fan. He's got a big heart. No, sir. No, absolutely not. I don't think so. Yeah. Um. So next, next topic here, order of business. How, since we're obviously very good friends, only on the internet, um, (laughs) kind of in real life, since we've talked on the phone. How do we set up a tailgate with Hannah B, as long as we like whoever she picks, this fall in Tuscaloosa? That would actually be kind of cool. I feel like she would be really entertaining. I don't know. I, I wish I, like, knew her. Um, I don't know. I'm sure, I mean, we, I'm sure you could reach out. I'm sure she would do it. 
I mean, I really just want to like set her set her up with like a good old football player now and be like, this is what you need. Okay, you, you know what? Life. That's that's something we could talk about. Get let's let's think of like three to five. You think it would be a good fit? Don't say Tua. <laughs> well, that's like a good one. Though. I'm I'm trying to think of ones that are like long gone and older. Because I mean, she is like what 24, 25. So I don't know why you said it like that. Are, I'm much older than that. Well, I'm 28, so they make me feel old. But she makes me feel old because I just I just found out the other day how how like much younger she is. But. A lot of the guys that are older and gone, because the guys to me now are so young, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, John Parker Wilson back in the day would have been a pretty good fit. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, Greg McElroy's a good one, but he's, he's oh, got I don't like, the sweetest, most adorable wife now. But, um, let's see. I'm trying to think. I feel like Preston she needs, Dial. like, a big, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I feel like she needs, like, a big offensive lineman, this big teddy bear guy that'll just hold her and be sweet. Just a big teddy bear. I don't I mean that's like surprisingly every single year that that your dad has one of like our our tackles or offensive linemen drafted in the first round. They're first off they're already in like really good shape. Oh yeah. But it's always like the smallest, most petite person. I don't I mean the hand is a lot to handle though. So probably she does need like a big person like that because she's like I think I feel like everyone's drunk on these episodes for like ninety yeah. percent of the time anyway. Um, but mean, I feel like yeah, she'd be a I handful. Be. Yeah, yeah, I mean fair. yeah, she's got such a big personality. I feel like. I feel like a lot of these guys that came on the show didn't really expect her to have, like, this big personality, but that's why they liked her so much, I feel like. Okay, side note, the very first episode, because I, I, I watched last season with Colton, and that was uh, an emotional nightmare for me. And I, I like to keep I, up with it, because I, I, I just, like, couldn't keep up with Colton. I was like, okay, Colton, just figure it out. <laughs> he was the opposite of Luke P. Oh, complete opposite. He, like, so... We're not going to get too much of the Colton season because I can't go there again right now. <laughs> but I was trying to be nice to my fiance and like, and like nah, that sounds bad to say it like that. But she had just like endured seven straight months of football, and I was like, you know what? I can watch. I can watch The Bachelor. It's fine. Yeah. Colton was was very unlikable. But when they went into this season, I didn't want to watch it at all. But then they said they were going to pick Hannah Bama. Um, yeah. And they shot like her like her little. I don't know, promo video or whatever. And she was like on the field at Bryant Denny. The first person yeah. that got out of one of those limos and did a rap, and he was like a, a very, very white person. Like his name was like Colin, probably had on some pleats. And he he actually <laughs> used your dad's name or your last name in oh, his rap. Oh, yeah. What How was his name? Was Cam. Cam. I thought his rap oh, was good. Oh. And, and then he turned out to be a psycho. And I was like, Cam, you got to go. <laughs> Hold on. You thought his but rap was good? Yeah, well, I mean, because he said Saban in it. So I was like, okay, like, because he got, okay, out the, got out of the limo and was like, something, something, Saban. And I was like, okay. Yeah, tell cool. me what rhymes with Saban, Kristen. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool, Kay. I'm like, that's cool rap. But then he ended up being kind of a psycho, too. So I was like, not, not sad to see him go. That wasn't like a very fun first few episodes when like every three to four minutes, I'd be like, can I please talk to you over here? Oh like my god! Got and lost then the he, he store, would like, show oh. up on her group dates that he wasn't invited on. I'm like, Cam, you were not invited. You need to leave. Yeah. So hold on. Like, let's let's instead of just trash talking these people because I'm sure that we've lost. We're probably down to a couple dozen or a hundred listeners, which is fine. I'm having a blast. Yeah. What? <laughs> There's three left. Who do you think should win out of those three? Like, who would you pick? I would hands down, no hesitation, pick Tyler C. Without a doubt, right? Without a doubt. And it's not just because he's, like, a fan favorite because, obviously, he's really good looking and all that. But, like, 
you see him at his hometown and his dad and like they're genuine like I yeah. have such a strong relationship with my dad so I could relate to that and he's just like a good old boy from Florida that works hard his dad works hard he was like no this is where I'm from um, we're just kind of a regular family and he's just like a genuine guy like just so respectful yeah. And back to the fact that he's super attractive, way more than anyone else on the show that or the slap. <laughs> Peter also is like a pilot. That's impressive. And Jed, man, like that is, man, he I'm is so he is just fallen from grace. I'm so over Jed. I mean, the second when they were on their one-on-one date, and he was like, "I've got to be honest, I was, I was originally just here to further my career. Like he should have gone home that night." Without a doubt, and then also I, he he yeah. said that he like then found the fact that like but no I, I you know I found out that I really do care for you, but then after that that's when he started playing all these crappy songs. <laughs> I know every episode and every day it was like I brought my guitar with me. I'm like oh god here we go again with another crap. Do you have any idea song. how inconvenient it is to carry a guitar around everywhere you go? Yeah, and they're not and, just I mean, like in LA the whole time there where did they go to like Brussels or something or Scotland or wherever they went I'm like did you really take this guitar all over customs with you like that's like a top five like people I hate at the airport like people that don't wear sleeves that's one people that bring like a baby or a dog like right next to me um Uh, or that like bring their own like fish from home for some reason like like obnoxious food but if you're carrying a guitar like you can't go three to five days without playing like an acoustic song of like wagon wheel that's you know Maybe I'm being judgmental <laughs> yeah. here. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. I will say there's like all the rumors that came out about Jed already having a girlfriend. Yeah. Which I'm pretty sure is definitely true. And fun fact, she went to Auburn. I saw that. I saw the picture of them and she had the Auburn hat on. And I was like, well, I mean, typical. <laughs> Um, I, so there are, there are three left. I think, like, the finale is on Monday. Uh, we're not going to yeah, say who think, wins. Right. But we're on the same page. Know. Right. Yeah. But, I mean, Pilot Pete was, is a good contender, too. He, so, not, he's like a, like, a 13-year-old that, like, woke up overnight and became, like, 30. Like, he's, right? he's 13 going on 30 for, for guys. Like, he's just, like, the first half <laughs> of the show, he was just like, I'm like, this is so much fun. Like, I can't believe I'm here. This is crazy. I can't believe it. Like a little like, boy. Dude, yeah. Like a little boy. And now he like, Without a doubt. up and I'm like, oh, okay. So now, I guess he's like <laughs> for Delta and I saw it in his Instagram like a while back that he posted something like out of the Atlanta terminal and I kind of fly in and out of there sometimes. So we were, we went, my husband and I went through there a couple weeks ago and I was like, Pete, Peter, are you here? I'm like looking for him. So I, I don't <laughs> want to like burst your bubble here, Kristen, but that is a, um, I live in Atlanta. That's a massive airport. So I mean, I know. if you did it that, is. that's not a good look. Also, I that's know, like pretty much just a direct reenactment of Home Alone if you're running through an airport yelling Peter. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I just thought about that because that's a dad's name, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, let's talk uh, a little bit about how fragile I am because of what happened this morning. And I will oh, say yeah. you were more than helpful. And uh, I th- I'm trying to think of like how we ever like first had like conversation i think it was game of thrones yeah your dad had some hot takes about game of thrones i yeah i mean he's a big fan i i don't kill me over this because everyone loves it i can't watch it like i tried i think i got into the middle of the second season there's just too many characters and too many storylines there are too, too many characters so much. and i'm like wait a second are we 
still with the Stark family right now, or are we like across the, the world? On and now there's dragons. Another island. Yeah, I got, I got too confused. I couldn't get into it. I tried. No, that's I fair. Really so, I I promised my fiance what I would do was. I was gonna like watch. I was gonna binge watch all seven seasons, whatever, like the week before like the new season started, and I did I the same like thing. I got possible. like through season two. It's it is yeah. like I have really bad ADD. There is no same. effing way I could sit down on a couch <laughs> for that long and listen to old English spoken about dragons and wizards yeah. and all this kind of stuff. But like I, so I quit halfway through season three, and then I think I got up to like four. But finally, it was like the the actual season, like the current season, was. Almost over, and I was like, you know what? Like, I think it was like it was my birthday, and I was like, you know what? All yeah. of my birthday, I just want you to read me the recaps of the rest of the episodes, like, and get me caught up. And then within like the first three episodes, it was like the I don't know, like the most like significant or important ones. So I I got yeah. caught up with the last like right before the last two episodes, and that was one of the biggest disappointments ever. That's what I've heard. People are so mad about just the entire season itself and then especially how it ended. Yeah, I would agree with that. And Which so, I can you know, understand. Yeah, it, it's already been, like, not, I don't want you to take it the wrong way. It was a tough start to the year for me. I was out in Santa Clara. Uh, I know it was probably a tough start for you as well. I needed some wins. Yeah. Like, I didn't want to sit here and get invested into this with zero payoff. Um, and then today, you know, we're sitting there at Media Days and, like, I'm new to being, I wouldn't say a journalist, but I would say a grown-up or a professional or just... A lot of different words, and yeah. I so I've never asked a question at at media days. I just sit there on Instagram and Twitter and do that. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna ask this question, and you told right. me, like, you know what? Do it. He'll love it. I mean, just do and, it. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, you know, Josh, me, like I do. And when yeah. he a couple of years ago asked that question, I mean, obviously, I know it was just like as a joke, but I mean, it's scary. It's scary to ask a question. <laughs> So I, I've met, I met your dad once because one of my yeah. friends was a, a uh, Bama Bell. And so, like, somehow got okay. me into the, the Iron Bowl in 2008, quote-unquote, okay. as a recruit. I'm pretty sure as soon as he looked at me, he knew I wasn't a recruit because it was, like, the <laughs> Trent Richardson and DJ Fluker class. Um, but, no, like, like, I have, like, he's an intimidating person, especially in that setting because it's, you know, like, the media and, like, I – I'm a very big fan of your dad. He's, he's obviously the coach of my favorite football team, and he's the best of all time. Um, his patience is not that great with the media, which I think for good reason, because like today, <laughs> it's like all the same boring questions, and it's like, yeah. we're going to bring up the Clemson loss, we're going to bring up the transfer portal, we'll bring up all this stuff that's not that interesting, and like also that we don't have that much access to and know the full story. So I felt almost like halfway through his... his uh, his like opening statements, like kind of guilty, like man, I gotta like throw this guy a softball and like put a smile on his face, and I was not yeah. able to do that for whatever reason. Just in both rooms, it was, I was literally next in line both times they shut down the session. So at some point, so we'll have to get him to answer that. Yeah, no, yeah, for it was, sure. It was not my favorite. <laughs> um, let's see here. So I do want to say also, he came out, uh, which I mean, I wouldn't say a smile on his face, but what he did say. Right off the bat was, hope everyone had a good summer, and I felt like he meant it, and how summer's yeah. a time to, to spend time with family, and the first example he gave was grandkids. So, I mean, my next question would be, how spoiled is his grandkid? Um, so he's got one granddaughter, that's my brother's daughter, and her name's Amelie, and she, I mean, 
if you if you've seen her before, you can't not spoil that little girl. She's like an right. angel. I'm obsessed with her. But I mean, she's got him wrapped around her finger pretty tight, so she knows yeah. that he's not gonna he's not gonna tell her no. I mean, she's a good kid too, so it's like it's not like we have to discipline her a lot or anything like that. Now, she is getting right. a little sassy, but but like that's fine. She's five, so that's normal. Yeah, I, mean, I was sassy yeah, until I was like I mean, fifteen. She knows. Yeah, she knows that she can get what she wants. But, like, it's fine because she can just do it. He had some quote today about how – something about, like, developing players and, and it might have been about the transfer portal. He's like, you know, it's like when we were raising kids. And me and, me and Terry would, would say, like, do you want to you raise them the right way or the nice way? I was like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know what that means, but that is – that is uh, it was kind of scary. Yeah, it's pretty telling, I think. Okay. What's, like, what is – I mean, because he's obviously – He's not going to make you like run sprints or something like that after, after something like if you guys if you upset him or anything like that. So I feel like you probably got it the best out of everyone because you know like not that you can get away with everything, but that's like you see all this stuff like on like the AJ the butt slap thing that like everyone had this whole you know perception that Saban was so angry and stuff like that. And I feel like I don't know what happened the past couple years, but he seems like a lot more calm, a lot more like collected and just like really enjoying. Uh, what he's doing now. I Yeah, I mean, I've heard a lot of people say that, and I think in the beginning it was, oh, he just had a granddaughter, and she softened him up, and I think she did, but I think he's just, like, he's getting older, and he knows that Don't he say has that. a lot of success. Well, I mean, I know. But you wouldn't know it, though, looking at him. I mean, he's got his hip done, and he's, like, out there hitting a 9-9 again, and he's fine. But I think That's he, how he was intro kind of today like, on yeah. the stage. Right? <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's like, I'm really only supposed to be hitting a 5, but I hit a 9 last week, so I do what I want. But I just right. kind of feel like like he's he knows that he's had success, and it's not like he, like, sits on that and he, like, brags on it or anything like that. I just think that he's, like, content with his life and things that like how things have been going on so i don't think he's as stressed as he used to be if that makes that's sense. good i will say that it was funny because like the the end of this sentence where he brought up like you know seeing family and the grandkids and all this other stuff he's talking about how it's an exciting time of year because we're getting closer to football season which like even if you're not a coach if you're just a fan or whatever like i'll say for me like it's you know i'm ready to feel alive again inside because college yeah. football season is the best time of year and he did say True. i think it was like you know, but you do get a little bit tired of, and I thought it was going to be something like not having practices or like, or something like being hands-on. It was like, you know, relaxing or jumping in the lake or playing golf yeah. every morning. I was like, those are not the first three examples I would have given. Yeah, I read that and I was like, I feel like he's lying, but maybe he's not. <laughs> <laughs> you should have called him out. Golf. I mean, maybe I will. Like, he loves golf so much, I feel like any chance he gets to play it, he will play it. And I think he's played maybe once during the season, but it was like maybe a bye weekend. I feel like he's told me in the past, like, don't tell me when I'm playing golf. Well, he played golf like, during whatever. the season? Well, I mean, I think... You like, shattered my entire the, world. I know. I think during one of the, like, bye weeks, he played, like, one round. But, like, that's really not that big of a deal. But I feel like when it's I read that... It's probably before the Citadel game. Lying. Right? Yeah, yeah probably. Oh, God, yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so do you, you live in Birmingham, it. right? I do, yeah. So, uh, do you do you go to all the games, or do you like? Because there's there's one. It's one thing to be like supportive, but yeah. I mean, like, at the same time, like, I mean, going to college football games is obviously fun. Um, yeah. But I mean, like, after a while, it's like, do, do you have to go to every single away game? Like, I wouldn't want to go see Bama at like Arkansas. 
Yeah, right. I've I've been there one time, and I won't go back. I mean, it's like not that fun. No offense, Arkansas. Wow. I I mean, I I don't know if it was like where they had us up in a hotel. I was like, I don't want to like ever come back. But I mean, there's been like I try to go to the away games that I either really enjoy or like if they're kind of like random new ones that pop up, like South Carolina game. Like I haven't been there since they beat us a few years ago. I think that was like oh, my man. freshman year. But, I mean, I liked Columbia. I thought it was cool. So, obviously, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go back. And I really enjoy going to Texas A&M. I love College Station. I think it's a really, really? really cool place. Yeah, I love their stadium. I think it's it's insane. I almost – sometimes when people are like, if, if Bryant-Denny, like, the atmosphere could be like any other stadium, which one would you pick? I always say College Station because their music is good. Their chants are good. Their fans are nuts, but, like, in a good way. Like, I like them. I, I'm um, going to let you know so right like, now. I disagree I, with everything you're saying. No, but okay, I will say I don't, I refuse to go to Baton Rouge. That's one game that I will never go to. What? Okay, so I from a safety go. standpoint, that makes sense to me. But like, I fear that for my is, life there. <laughs> no, and, and like, and I'm not saying this even to make light of it or like make a joke, but like, that that's like somewhat fair to like, that's not even that much of a stretch because, I mean, I've said some terrible things to LSU fans. I'm sure I've made it like, you know, enemies, but your dad um, built up that entire program and then also just left it into the well, hands yeah. of Les Miles, which I love personally. It's yeah. been fantastic for me as a fan. It's not like, but he, yeah, left, I mean, like, that's, it's not like he left them a mess. Which no, would be like, first off, they were a they were a mess. People forget like how bad and average they were before he got there. Right. Right. So, but I, I could definitely see that being dangerous. I don't want to bash LSU because I love Coach O, and I really want to go yeah. to Death Valley. But it's like I, I don't think I could go to Death Valley for Bama LSU because the same way. Like, no. It's just, I feel like yeah, it's a lot of drinking, people get in fights. Game. and. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, the last time I went, I think I think I was a senior in high school, and that's when Julio Jones made that like winning touchdown at the very end. Um, that's but, like, I mean, yeah, their fans are, yeah, their fans are crazy, but like, that's, I mean, that's fine. Like, we have our own crazy people, too. Everyone does. But I feel like that's one place that like, I don't feel comfortable going to. <laughs> It's they're they're like a different breed of uh, yeah. everything. Like they they yeah. like their livers like aren't real. They just, I mean they just they might be yeah. in their body, but like it, it doesn't really serve a purpose. They can just drink yeah nonstop all day. I, I would right. like to go to a game there. I would say I'm trying to think, I, I my family lives in Columbia, so I'm, I've been to Williams Bryce several times. I'm probably gonna go this year yeah. for that. The Grove is a lot of fun. Yeah. So have you been to all of them, I guess, except for LSU, or just have you been to all of them in general? Uh, I mean, I've been pretty much to all of them in general, but I guess what I was going to say is that I won't go, like, every single year. Like, I do kind of like going to Knoxville sometimes, but, like, the next time we go, I probably won't go because I have been so many times. But there are some that I like to go to a lot, and then sometimes I'll just skip here and there, just depending on, like, my mood, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Tennessee's not really as important anymore. Like, we we were very fortunate last year – I don't know how I lucked into this, but like Bud Light decided to send me to the Iron Bowl, the SEC Championship game, and then the Orange Bowl just to pass out Bud Lights, which was a pretty nice. sweet gig. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. No kidding. So we got to go to those games, and it was um, it was a blast. But like, I I grew up with like season tickets to Bama, and you know, always been a Bama fan. So I tried to be a homer on the podcast about it. I'm probably yeah. wearing that a little bit more on my sleeve talking to you. But <laughs> so I had to sit through like the miserable years. Of, yeah. of like like the 90s and stuff like that. So you luckily don't have those memories. What is your favorite Bama game you've ever been to? Mm, I think maybe a couple of years ago, the national championship, when we did the quarterback change, like mid-game. 
And as many oh, games that I've been to, I, yeah, I feel like that was like the most intense one for me. And we've had a lot of intense games, but I don't know why, but that, anytime people ask me that question, that's like the one game that sticks out. Because we could have lost. That was like, I, yeah. And I, and I mean, it was a close game too. And I was like, okay, we're going to change quarterbacks. This is either going to make or break the game for us. Luckily, it, it made it for us. But still, I mean, it was like, it was really intense. And then we did it all over again 10 months later. I know, and it didn't work That's, out. No, no, I'm saying like like in the SEC championship game when Jalen came back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was great. I miss him. I'm sad, but I, but I hope he's going to do a really good job at Oklahoma. Yeah, that's that's always like that Georgia-Bama game is always like a, it's not fun because like I grew up in Georgia. All my friends are Georgia fans. And so like yeah. every time we're close to losing, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to hear about this for like a full year. This is going to be right. terrible. Um, yeah, yeah, Jalen, that is going to be awful. I, I said I saw him coming out of the locker room in uh, Santa Clara, and I had probably too many Bud Lights that night, and gave a very <laughs> awkward thank you and goodbye. So Aww. I'm sure he's glad to be away from some Bama fans because get a little creepy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it was not on purpose. Um, let's see here. The other things we want to talk about here. We're going to play Family Feud at the end. If you, I mean, oh, nice. if you have time to do this, it's it's a yeah, a lot I of fun. There's no it. prizes. <laughs> Um, also, I want to talk about this wedding that you had. You're married. Yeah. Yes. Five years strong. Yeah. We just had our anniversary. So that was exciting. That sounds weird that I know that, but again, the internet. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's there. It's out there. You, you guys had like one of the most incredible endings to a wedding I've ever seen. Thanks. You're welcome. I mean, don't say it like that. It wasn't supposed to sound creepy. It was just like... <laughs> The, no, no. the fight, like, it seemed, it was like, I, don't take this the wrong way, but it was almost like WrestleMania, the fireworks that were going off, and then, like, this, this <laughs> yeah. coming out of the tunnel onto the field, and it was like, good for you. Let me tell you, I will, so my mom planned that whole exit. I mean, like, I picked the car and everything from the company that we rented it from, but I, I didn't know that we're, there was going to be fireworks. My mom's like, I'm, I've got, like, a little something planned. I was like, oh, okay, like. <laughs> like sparklers. Know, maybe Big Al <laughs> like, will run out, like, drive the car off the field and then give the car back to the driver or something funny. But then, like, these, like, fireworks start shooting off, and, like, I wish the videographer had the reaction of, my and Adam's faces when in the cars these things are going off. We were like, <laughs> we, we went from like very intoxicated and like lovey, so happy, and then this thing just blows up in her face. We're like, oh my god, <laughs> just like a war zone, just absolutely terrified. <laughs> I was like, mom, are you trying to kill us on our own wedding night? Like, this is not the way I thought it was going to go. That out. would probably be like that. Sounds like that's exactly what dogs go through on July Fourth. Like, especially if you don't know it's coming. Yeah, it's scary. It was scary. <laughs> We're getting married at a place called Little River Farms, which is, um, besides my haircut, probably the whitest thing about me. And I'm excited, <laughs> but it's a lot of planning. We're trying to figure out like all the first, so like the first song to dance to, yeah, all these different things. Like, you have any advice you could give me or my fiance? I mean, really, like, like I'm such a control freak. So when Adam was like, "Can I help with anything or can I do it?" I'm like, "No, just what." Just if you like don't know what to do or you just like kind of feel like you don't want to like, I don't know, give an input because girls are crazy. Just let her do it. Just let her do what she wants. She says, well, this is going to be our color palette. This is what we're going to dance to. There's this a whole like, damn palette. Just, right? Like, like if you're just, if she tells you what to wear, just wear it. If she picks a song, just, just go with it. Just go with it. Like, honestly, that was my least really favorite part. Like, was like, it, is, it is the girls. Like, it's like, 
it's the wedding between the two people, but it really is like our day as the girls. It's like, just let us do what we want. Let us pick everything. Just show up. That's it. Yeah, that's fair. Just be there. I was, I was like, there. I was surprised at the stuff she did want my input on because it'd be like, it's stuff that she knows that I don't know anything about. It's like, so for the flowers, and I'm like, what? What are we? I don't know what a hydrangea is at all. Right. And then, like, the stuff that I thought I would have input on, like, hey, what am I going to wear on my own body the day I get married? And she's like, no, you're not right. going to wear that. Like, okay, cool. I don't need coattails. That's going to be a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, Adam was kind of like that. He they ended up wearing like the white dinner jacket with the black pants, and for like the longest time, I told him I said this gonna look so bad. I don't want you wearing it. And then he showed up the day of the wedding wearing it, and it looked so good. So I was like, okay, well you did a good job picking that out. So I'm just you do one thing. If it, if it didn't look good, like I, I would, that would not be a great entrance to the wedding. Just like you scolding him the entire time for looking ridiculous. You know what? Just hold right, it. Right. Just hold it. Go change, and we'll start over. We'll start over. Stop recording. <laughs> so, like, is there any, I'm, I'm just going to ask because I might as well, like, shoot your shot. What are the chances yeah. you can get me a deal on allowing us to get married at Bryant Denny instead of Little River Farms? <laughs> I don't know. That might be a tough one. I don't know. I feel like it'd be pretty probably easy to do. <laughs> you might as well just go for it. I'm gonna take your, we'll, we'll just, we'll circle back to that. Um, yeah. Okay, we'll so the last thing before we get to Family Feud. So, like again, we've talked about this. Like I interact with you on on social media. Social media has become such a crazy, ridiculous, like just bubble that people live their yeah. entire lives in. Like that's, I mean, and I hate to even say it like that because that's literally what my salary is. Like that's what I get paid to do is get on Instagram right. and Twitter every day, and it's I love it. I love my job, but it's crazy yeah. because there's so many people with so many feelings and. So many reactions yeah. to things that either are right or wrong. How do you deal with like the stuff that's said? Because your dad, I mean, is I, I I'm sure I've even made memes or something like that. Because like he's, I wouldn't say an easy <laughs> target, but he's a very recognizable person that's being talked about all the time. Yeah. Like, how do you separate that? Because you know it's got to be pretty difficult to do, especially during the football season. Um, I mean, I feel like in the past I was so easily like triggered by people like trolling. My dad, or like our players, or people, or things like that on the internet. Do you have a burner account? It's like, I, I don't, but I probably should. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I can, I can like read an insult or like a comment now and like laugh at it. Sometimes I'll like comment back to people with like, I think the other day I did something like snake emojis on someone. I was like, whatever. But um, no one. <laughs> what does that mean? Hope, I, I don't know. I like. I, don't know. <laughs> I guess I was calling someone a snake, but like. Hopefully this isn't an invitation for people to start doing it, but no one really hops onto my own personal page and like comments things on my stuff. No, I think That's I think they used to in the past, and I would get like offended by it. But now I'm just like, you really you took the time to search me, find a photo, comment on it. Like they take their time out of their day to do like weird stuff like that. But now I think I've gotten better at trolling, so I think it's like kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's really how you, you you fight fire with fire, and when I say fire, I mean, like, yeah. just really cut to the core of them insults that kind of make them cry. That's what I've based my whole life off of. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't always engage in, like, the, the crap that people will say, but, like, if there's something that really irks me or if it's, like, a false fact, I'm like, I'll hop on there and be like, hold up. Let me, let me, let me check you on this. <laughs> yeah. No, let me hit you some I, truths I real quick. Yeah, let me tell you a fact. But, no, I, I mean, I'll stay away from it, but it doesn't bother me. Okay, you do. That's good. It's just, like, I... Like, especially on Saturdays in the fall, like, I'll live most of my day 
reading stuff. And, and you know what's frustrating too is like, we'll we'll put together stuff that you'll work on. Like, oh, you know what? Like I used to do stand up comedy, and so like I have like I think my Instagram like personal ones like C Marler comedian, and the yeah. first thing that said whenever somebody wants to like talk trash about me is like. I, get, I did get called Chunky Justin Timberlake the other day, which was like one of the best compliments I've ever received. And <laughs> but like a lot of times we're like, this guy trying to be a comedian, like, and will dog me out for being that. But then will also say stuff that's even less funny that I'm sure some of the jokes I've said. That one always bothers me because like, I mean, it makes more sense to go out and search you because you're more, you know, you have a better last name than me. I don't know why you <laughs> want to go search my own page and be like, I just saw Corgi pictures anyway. I mean, people are like, there's just, I feel like there's, anytime I picture like the ultimate troll and like I just see some grown man sitting in his mom's basement with like a headset on and just searching people to like write weird things on it. <laughs> that's like, like that's, that's, what that's I a bad cliche, I but it seems list. right. I mean, yeah, especially even the movies and stuff. I'm just like, you're the guy that's like 40 years old in your mom's basement and you're just trolling like Instagram influencers. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Um, all right, let's get you out of here on Family Feud. This has been fantastic. Um, yeah. What Family Feud is, is this. It is a, I'm going to ask you two questions. Um, okay. It's just rapid fire questions. The first thing that pops into your mind, and that's it. Okay. So, and then we have a point system um, that I make up on the fly. Yeah. And that's pretty much it. There are no prizes, okay. it's just pride. That's fine. That's fine. Are you ready? I, I think so, yeah. This is a yes or no question. This is not a good start for you. Um, uh, yes. So first question. <laughs> first question. You want to give you a break? Start it over. First question. Okay. Character on The Office. If you could be a character on The Office, who would you be? Oh, I would be Pam. I love Pam. Yeah, I just realized I'd never asked that question to a, a female guest. I well, I will say, I, I've, I've never really watched the show like in depth, like religiously, like some people. But I, I mean, I do like Pam. I think she's pretty cool. That's fair. If you would have said Meredith or like somebody like, like Angel, that would have been a problem. So that's good. Um, also, yeah. definitely binge watch The Office. It's great. Favorite know, Disney princess? Ooh, I love Cinderella. Yeah, I like her. <sighs> Disappointed. The answer uh, was Elsa or Jasmine. <laughs> um, oh, you know what? Bucket list concert. Because I want to freeze things. Bucket list concert. I kind of already checked that one off. I really wanted to see Dave Matthews, and I finally went and did that in May. But, I mean, okay, if I would Kristen, have to bring anyone back, I would probably go to, like, Rolling Stones. Hold on. First off, the Rolling Stones aren't dead. They literally performed in no, New Orleans two nights ago. No, 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 I know, I know. But not, like, not bring someone back. But, like, if I could go, that's the one I would go to immediately. Okay. So, what, what I will say is that um, Dave Matthews, they tour, like, every summer. I mean, I know. But I, he's never, like, close enough to where I can go. And I finally was able to go. So that, that's my accomplishment for me. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's a good answer. Um, okay, yeah. let's see here. Lake or beach? I feel like this is a pretty obvious answer. Lake. Okay. Um, favorite vacation spot? Not You cannot say lake, whatever it is. Um, there's a little place up north in Michigan called Bay Harbor, and I really like going there. That's a cool spot. North, okay, northern Michigan. Okay. Um, let's yeah. see. Favorite SEC or Bama rival to troll? Ooh, to troll. I, I mean, Auburn, obviously. <laughs> Perfect. Good answer. That's, Best show yeah. on Netflix or Hulu to binge watch this off season. Oh, I just finished binge watching uh, Dead to Me. That was a good one. Oh, I haven't seen that. We finished You. I haven't seen Dead to Me. Oh yeah, You was good. You was definitely really good. That was pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, let's see here. What are we on? There were six. 
Um, let's see. Favorite Bama player not on this year's team from the past? Oh, shoot. Uh, Eddie Jackson. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, if you could have gone to any other school besides Bama, where would it have been? Um, I almost went to Ole Miss. <laughs> oh, wow. That got real. I mean, I wouldn't go there now, but I almost went there. So, yeah. Okay. Um, favorite movie of all time, not Disney. Favorite movie of all time. Um, it's going to sound so cliche, but I love Remember the Titans. That's good. That's a good answer. Uh, we have two more here. Go to Chick-fil-A order. Go to Chick-fil-A order is the number one large fry with Chick-fil-A sauce. What's the drink? Uh, Dr. Pepper. Nice. There you go. That's extra points right there. Very good move. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, over or under seven and a half years before Saban retires? I, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. So Just say over so I, I would, sleep at night. Yeah. There, yeah, that. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> uh, let me add this up here. I think you have a high score. That's going to be about 269 points. We're very proud of you. You are now the, you. the, uh, the current leader in the clubhouse. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Thank I you like so that. much. We appreciate it. I'm glad we had you on here. Um, yeah, thank We're going to put this out the day of the actual finale of The Bachelorette. Okay. But I know we have Bachelor in Paradise coming up. We'll definitely have to yeah. do this again sometime soon. Um, yeah. I don't know if you want me to give you a shout-out for your social media or, or not. Maybe just people avoid yeah. that. Regardless, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. All right. Roll Tide. We'll talk to you soon. Roll Tide. Bye. Appreciate Kristen Saban for... Um, agreeing to talk to us? Is that the best way to say that? Dude, going going about trying to set that up, it was so cool at first. She's like, yeah, I'd love to come on. That'd be great. And then all of the follow-up questions were like the most uncomfortable questions <laughs> I've ever asked. It's like, okay, I'm going to need your phone number. And then she was like, can you send me a, a, a copy of uh, the interview? I was like, I'm going to need your email address. I felt like I was trying to like sell her fit tea or something like that. But no, she was great. She's been fantastic. I'm going to need your social. We need to get Miss Terry on here. Yes. Agreed. We have, we have some ideas. Um, we'd love to get coaches' wives on here. I don't know if people have really kind of dug into that from a podcast form. I'd love to get Dan Mullen's wife on here as yeah, well. Yeah, I'd love to give to Malzahn's wife like right after a loss oh, and just great. watch her sound up. No, but that, I, I would love to have some of them on here. Yeah, that's a, a goal short-term and long-term for us. Hey, by the way, real quick, we talked about how much I love Matt Luke at Media Days. Do you see yeah. his little tidbit? He considers himself a connoisseur of early 90s country. Boom! We, we're just the rivalry and stuff that we don't agree on just goes everywhere. Like you're going to be a big Moorhead guy. I'm a big Matt Luke guy. I know how that's going to end, but I love country music, so I'll die on that hill. I don't, I don't hate early. I was at a country concert all, all this past weekend. No, I just think you have I a did. better coach, Moorhead. Oh, oh yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I did see three days of country music, though. How was it? Uh, it was it was pretty awesome. Chris Stapleton, I've seen twice already. Saw him for the third time again last night. Dude is just unreal. Yeah. He is as talented as anybody that I've that I've seen ever live. He's unreal. Saw Tim McGraw on Friday as well. Luke Combs on Saturday. A little Trace Adkins, honky tonk. Trace Adkins. Oh yeah. Did he yeah, sing Alla Frickin' Bama? I don't think he did. No. Did he sing no. I Got My Game On? I got no, my game on. 
No, he's got. I can't go as low as he does. That's every light in the house is on. No. Did you even go to a Trace Atkins concert? I did. I swear I did. He had an hour and a half set. Um, Okay, let's kick into other nonsense. Fourth and wrong. Okay, so each and every week we ask you uh, to ask us questions or advice that you want answered on the pod. So make sure you go to our Facebook group, the Saturday on South podcast, or is it the SCS podcast? Either way, you'll see it. Uh, Make sure you join that group. We're trying to do a lot of fun things this year. Going into the season, um, some meetups, some live episodes maybe. I don't know. Depends on how many more people we can get in this group, y'all. So those of you who've already joined, thank you very much. Um, And here we go. So the first question, what are the best back-to-school kicks you ever wore back in the day from Wes Cook on Facebook? By the way, how depressing is that that it's almost back to school? It is is really depressing. The fact that it's late July officially now. But then again, back to school for everybody else is like back to fun for us. So I'm kind of yeah. But I, I mean, I would feel bad for the children of America if you have to go to school in July. Yeah, yeah, that would be pretty awful. That's like uh, city of Chicago has to do that, Oof. like basically up until Fourth of July. Uh, best back to school shoes. I had a pair of white K Swiss shoes when that was all the rage back, like when I was in eighth grade, seventh or eighth grade. The Pete Sampras like shoes. Something like that. They were, I try to keep them as white as possible. Nice. Those things lasted like two, three weeks, maybe, uh, being like pristine white. And then I was like, yeah, no, it's just isn't worth it. Yeah. I, so I went to Catholic school growing up because the neighborhood I grew in, grew up in, my mom did not think that I would not get beat up. So we had uniforms and I had to wear either all white shoes or all black shoes. And I remember like being the little rebel that I was before I got kicked out of Catholic school in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I wore sambas, like the indoor soccer shoes, like the Adidas ones, like the little. With the, were those like cleats? No, they're like they're black and they have like the three white stripes, and then at the bottom is like this like brownish beige like like footing for I don't know indoor soccer. Like it's a pretty niche. Oh, thing I know there. what you're saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, that's a hard move. So it was. Um, but yeah, everything else I had were like just dad lawn mowing shoes because they were all white. Yeah, because naturally you're going to get them dirty. That's yeah. the, the bummer about those all-white shoes. They don't tell you they're going to get dirty. That's they true. Really don't. That's true. Uh, second question, what do you look for in a proper tailgate, uh, and how do you decide if you're going to crash it? Jamie Milner on Facebook. Okay. I want to be able to smell your food from your tailgate. To me, I think oh, that like, having, that walk up, having that walk-up, and you're like, whatever you're cooking smells delicious. Yeah. That is like the ultimate... Like that, that that's going to catch my attention every single time. A group of people that's more than like three or four. I, I like I don't I don't need like forty or fifty people yeah. at a tailgate necessarily because sometimes I can get a little too crowded. But somewhere, as Joe Moorhead would say, right in that meaty curve, just somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, um, that's fair. Give me, give me like a decent amount of people, but not too many people where I feel like I can't move or I can't do anything. Right. Um. I mean, this shock as a shock to no one. Uh, number one for me is is booze. Because I don't like oh, I going, going to, to say cigarette smell. <laughs> so I don't like I don't like going to a tailgate where like I don't want to be a mooch off of somebody else's alcohol per se. But at the Agreed. same time, like I don't want to be at someone's tailgate when they're like acting weird about sharing drinks and stuff like that. Do I have anything they, to like, offer have you in return? On the cooler. Yeah. Well, yeah, remember like Ole exactly. Miss was like everything mm-hmm. was locked up, and I was like, guys, I'm sorry. Like I'm not like homeless. Can somebody just get me a damn beer? Like for, like for the love of God. And so. That's number one for me. Two, um, TV. I feel like that's a must because... It's a nice addition. Yeah, I mean, is. like, you, you don't want to miss out on everything else that's going on. And honestly, most of the stuff that, that, that people, especially if you're related to them, are talking about, is not that interesting. 
No, it's really not. It's really not. We always kind of have one eye on the TV and then yeah. one eye on whatever, like whoever we're talking to. Yeah. My eyes are pretty impressive. Like I, that. I like, really, really I like good. a big, I don't like like a massive, massive tailgate. And I don't like a tailgate where it's super fancy and like a bunch of like, like looks like, like a, a young Republicans meeting or like a fundraiser. That's for like not a city how our council. founding fathers wanted no. a tailgate. That is not. It, like, I, I, cause I don't want it to be like all stuffy. Um, but I will say, I don't know, like 10, 15, 20 people. There's probably some, some games going on, like drinking games. Um, and you know, I'm not going to do it today, but one day I'll share the uh, one of the best stories that ever happened to me in my entire life was the tailgating story from the Bama Florida game 2010, where I emceed a a, a dance off and then was asked to leave the tailgate. It was it was one of the, the a lady next to us fell over, and everyone else was. Oh, you already told yeah, us. Okay, this, good. Okay, yeah. So that was that's what I look for in a tailgate. Uh, just a, something you can MC to be able to a fallen talk down about. woman that I can just pick on low hanging fruit to to make me look funny in front of strangers. Uh, yeah, moving on, <laughs> that's you know what that's the new intro to this whole podcast. Yes. Um, number three, what's your go to family game night game? Okay, so there's there's distinction because if there's if we're talking like cards, we have like a specific card game that we play with our family. We have two two card games. Um, one of which is we call it Vera's game, but it's essentially like it's like gin rummy. Okay. A bit. Um, and then there's another game that we call Up Your Nose, which um, is like one card per person. It involves some dollar bills. Yeah. It's a good time. Um, if we're talking, so if we're talking cards, that's what we go with. But if it's like board games, we are a Yahtzee family Ooh. through and through till the day we die. We'll be playing Yahtzee. Absolutely. Um, Shout out Mark Stoops. Favorite go-to family game? I, I was gonna say divorce. But then that can't be. Oh. So, no, I'm kidding. I, I only wanted to say just to see how uncomfortable uh, the response would be. No, I, our favorite game was like, I like the game of life. That was fun. It's like a board game. Monopoly is like, in theory, like I always want to play Monopoly if like it's like a rainy day or something like that, and you're like on vacation. But it takes forever. It's just too long. It's way too long. So I would say I like that a lot. Um, but like Cards Against Humanity is, is hands down my new favorite. That's a good one. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, that's that's a good like friends, more so friends than family. Yeah, I guess we get with a family. little awkward with family. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Last but not least, and by the way, that was from Jamie Spence on Facebook. Last but not least, what's the worst movie you've seen because of a significant other wanted to? Because a significant other wanted to see it together. Okay, so Fool's Gold was it's a awful, great movie, by the way. Oh my gosh, that was horrible. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey has been able to bounce back a little bit. Kevin Hart was in that somehow. movie. Was he really? Yeah, he was the oh, rapper. Oh, um, yeah, I, did, I probably fell asleep in the middle of that. That movie was terrible. Oh, uh, yeah, Failure to Launch. Those were all just I love both horrendous. <laughs> um, so the one that I watched like three or four weeks ago because it's on Netflix and you know everybody's going to be talking about it. That movie swiped with Noah Centineo and everybody's, everybody's going to have a reaction about it was... The single worst movie I've ever seen. I if you seen have, that. or even okay, heard of so it. So if if you have an hour and a half in your life, do anything but watch that <laughs> movie. It is the worst acting I've ever seen. Worst storytelling. There are parts in the movie where you're just like, "This was made by a high schooler." I'm convinced. There's no way that a professional. Was this the thing that was trending on Twitter yesterday, on where they were it, like, they were talking about how they were showing like a, a video of like the editing being like so horrifically bad, where they're like, "Oh yeah," they cut back and forth, and there's like all of a sudden a giant crowd, and the crowd's gone, and like. I don't know. It was probably that, but it, anybody who's seen it already, you know what I'm talking okay. about. It was that bad. Um, let me think here. There's so I once I saw the breakup 
with a girl that I was dating in high school and we were broken up. We were trying to get back together. And we didn't oh, know that awkward. was the like that was what the oh, premise of the movie geez. was because like it, I just kind of assumed like happy ending like all movies and no spoiler it's not what happened at all. Um, I would say so. We me and Allie went and saw Detroit uh, early on. When we first started dating, and it was it came out like two like two years ago. I want to say, and it was like I, like part of my degrees in like the um, civil rights era and like African American history. And I was excited because it's like, you know, that time period. And it was like about something that happened in Detroit, obviously. But it ended up being just one specific horrible, horrible event that happened to these kids. Like, and this terrible cop. And it was just, I mean, it was all seated in racism, which was like an accurate depiction of what happened. But it was just one thing. Just like one. Like, if it was like the Titanic part where it's like just the women and children like not making it up oh, on the t- it was awful it was like, and it was like two and a half hours because it's like this historical movie and then the very worst part of it because it was awful throughout at the very end they had a racist lawyer who got them off the hook and the lawyer was played by Jim John Krasinski I was like oh no it was like the worst oh. possible <laughs> delete that from the IMDb yeah like if, if pa- don't, if, you don't want that if Patty Sue came out and was like the lawyer that's the only way it could have been worse it was I was very defeated I thought you were going to say it was a sequel to 8 Mile. And then I thought, <laughs> I started thinking, like, my brain just kind of went to a different place. Yeah. And I was like, wait, did they ever make a sequel to 8 Mile? I don't it would have been better than this. Yeah. Oh, geez. Would have been a more more peaceful, I think, a little bit. Um, it might mean too much. I alluded to this the other day. I caught up with Tiger Jake and his, his owner. Um, he knows my life story because he follows on Instagram and is very, very active on the Instagram community. For those of you who, for some reason, follow a dog on Instagram, whatever, I'm at that point in my life. Um, found out that Tiger Jake got to experience the Final Four, uh, got to meet both Bo Nix and Joey Gatewood. Nice. So um, I don't know if, I, I couldn't tell, I tried to ask him um, which vibes he was getting about the starting quarterback, and I didn't really get a full bark from him for either one of them. I would have kind of liked that. Give me a little bit more of a heads up, kind of which way he was thinking. Because dogs can sense those things. They can sense storms. They can sense who Gus is going to start at quarterback. That dog is terrified. I think that dog is actually happy, though. It's always got a smile on its face. It really does. And apparently PETA approves of it. I did get confirmation on that, that PETA has approved of this treatment that is done every eight weeks to make Tiger Jake look like a tiger, which is probably better than looking like an eagle, but I'm not sure how. Imagine if Jinx the cat just, they just kept going with the spray paint. Oh, poor little Jinxie. Yep. Great movie, by the way. Yeah. Meet the Parents is awesome. Very that's, that's like, a, that's like a, a classic, timeless movie that I think it's very, very rewatchable. Yeah, I'll I would agree with that. Um, Tiger Jake is going to be starring in a movie, probably uh, something Airbud type. We can get Tiger Jake get creeps that ball me on. out. Okay. Uh, that's enough about Tiger Jake. We have two five star reviews to get to. This one is from. A Gator fan. Ooh. Just a Gator fan. I didn't know that Gator fans actually like this because apparently SDS hates Florida. Yeah. That's, that's what everybody says, but that's not true 1%. Um, okay, so this says, subject, awesome podcast. Great, fun podcast that will have you laughing and keep you informed all in one. The Steven Garcia story of Urban Meyer was pure gold. Keep up the great content, hashtag content, and go Gators. The Steven Garcia interview was gold. That was we gold. that. Um, the second one, Farmer Time 2008. Very specific. Um, 
Must have podcast for it might too much might mean too much fans. I'm gonna I'm running into my second football season with SCS and SEC football would be less of a joy without Connor and Uncle Chris. The conversations are very informative and entertaining at the same time. Even though Marla Marler is a Bama homer, the content is balanced and covered well. I would probably take a non-lethal BB gunshot. <laughs> Definitely an airsoft shot for this podcast. That wow, wow. That means a lot. I love it. That really does. Well, good Whenever news for the they'll take the Florida fans here too is that our next our next episode is going to be oh yeah go ahead so that's our plan we're doing uh, it's 2007 Florida LSU we're doing it just meant more our plan as of right now and we're we'll peel behind the onion we're still dis- discussing when this is going to come out but I think our plan is to record either Thursday or Friday TBD on when it's going to be released but if you're a Florida fan you're an LSU fan. Or you just like football in general and you really like the first It Just Meant More podcast, make sure that you download that as well. Mm -hmm. Or save it for a road trip, whatever you want to do. But just make sure that you download that. We are going back to two a week as of right now, uh, which is a good thing. We've got a lot of things planned. Hopefully talking to some coaches' wives very, very soon. Um, that's that's the goal. We have some some good podcast guests lined up. I think next week our plan is to have that Tom Hart interview come out. Yeah. That's the plan. Uh, we had a lot of fun with Tom, um, who was you know, one of our three best friends, as we decided. So, Facebook Live. Are we still doing that Wednesday night? Wednesday night. Uh, yeah, we did it last Wednesday. Um, Wednesday night at 8.30. Okay, 8.30. Uh, make sure that you join our Facebook group. I will be a more active member of it. I promise. Yeah, I what promise. the hell, bro? I, del- I deleted Facebook off my phone like two months ago. Sorry, it's been a great, great thing. Um, but I, I promise I'll be more active for anybody who said that I'm not active enough. I apologize for that. Make sure you follow us on Instagram uh, at Saturday Down South. Make sure you follow us on tw- on Twitter at the STS Pod at C Marlin. Oh, no, no. at, at CJ O'Gara. At Claw Feinbaum. Oh, you're at Claw Feinbaum. Yeah, now. White Claw okay. Feinbaum. I'm probably gonna change it to Vern Funquist here in a minute, but I that's that's what I'm at right now. How does that work with your hand? Oh, cause if you you can still search Chris Marler. Oh, okay, yeah. it'll still come up. Gotcha. Okay, I'm too scared to change my handle. Fear, Don't. For what could happen. Um, Coach O, what do, we, what do the people need to remember? I ain't brush your teeth every night, old bed. Or brush your teeth every night, or you sleep in pot. And it might mean too much. Talk to you soon.